Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Is, I mean, is that a, a challenge that you face? Do you sense sometimes like you run people over, even people you care about, when maybe that's the last thing you want to do? Or maybe you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm going 100 miles an hour and yet I'm in a 25 mile an hour zone, you know, and I'm just racing through life. And we get, I think, consumed by our busy schedules and our agendas, and we, we run right over people, people that we, we care about rather than being present. And I, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I think this happens more often in my life than I wish. So I, I, I really thought it was a wonderful blessing when I was asked to talk about margin and connectedness and relationship and communication today because I have to tell you, I don't have this thing mastered yet, but I'm learning and I want to share with you really what I'm learning about being present and that when I slow down and when I'm fully present at the right time and the right place, those who I am with get my best. In fact, When we're at our best, we can meet the needs of others that we love, we can help people, and we can bring health to our relationships. So with Jesus as our model of being fully present with individuals, I want to share this metaphor that's going to help you find margin and be fully present. And what I want you to do for just a minute is I want you to think about, for those of you who drive, I want you to think about when you didn't drive, Okay, can you go back to that phase of life when, when you were imagining what it would be like to have that first car, right? And what it would be like to, to learn to drive. And for me, I, I remember this very clearly. My first car was a 1972 Volkswagen Bug. And uh, it was baby blue. It was, a, it was I, I loved that car until I totaled it, but that's a different story. Okay, <clears throat> But I remember the first time I learned to drive that car, it had a stick shift, right? And uh, I had, you know, I'd practiced on my mom's automatic, but now it was time dad said, you're driving home. And he picked me up from, from a youth activity and I got in the car and I'm like, okay, what do I do? You know, and you got the clutch and the gas and you're trying to move it at the, at the right pace so that the car goes forward. And I remember coming up to this intersection and, and the light was red, which meant we had to stop after I'd gotten going, you know. So we pull up to that intersection and the car stops and now it's time to go, right? Because the light turns green. And so I, I take my foot off the clutch and I add the gas and what happens? It kind of jerks forward and then stalls. So then I have to restart the car, right? And we try it again. And would you know it? The light cycles. So now it's red and I got to stop again, okay? And I'm just, I mean, now I'm in the crosswalk, but I'm really not, you know, into the intersection yet, you know? So, So I go through the whole thing again and again. And I tell you that light, I think, cycled four times before I actually was able to get it started in first gear. I think at one point I thought, well, maybe if I just hop it into second, that that would be better. You know, we'll just skip this first gear thing altogether. Oh, you're laughing, right? Because you understand you can't start in second gear, right? You have to start in first gear. And it was a wonderful experience of learning how to shift gears. It wasn't easy. 
But you know what? Now, when I hop into a car with a manual transmission, I don't even think twice. It is a natural flow. In fact, there's something really exciting about the, the engagement of those gears and shifting and going faster. And oh my gosh, I, I have great memories. Um, but let's get back to what I was talking about. My poor Volkswagen had to, to put up with a lot of grinding gears as I learned how to drive. And maybe you can remember that same experience for you. The grinding gears, the close calls, the <laughs> lurching forward, and the terror, I mean excitement, um, of learning to drive a, a manual transmission. Okay, so now this is the metaphor that I want us to think about, all right? There are parallels with shifting gears in a car and the rhythm and routine of our lives. And there is a right order and a right time for us to use each gear. And when you figure this out, you're gonna be able to be fully present with others. And when you, when you don't shift well, let me tell you what happens. It causes relational damage in your life, okay? So it's really easy to just think about the shifting of the gears. First gear leads to second gear, right, and so forth. Each gear in our lives has a purpose. And when you apply this driving metaphor to the way that you drive your life, and you align the right gear with the right speed and the right situation of your day, then you're gonna experience peace and margin. Conversely, if you choose to skip a gear, then you might rev to screaming level or you might cause uh, the engine of your life all sorts of problems. So in this metaphor, each gear represents a different mode of connecting with others. And... Uh, Here's where I think self-leadership is really important. Because the reality is you have to know yourself to lead yourself. Does that make sense? You have to know and be aware of where you're at to be able to make decisions on where to go next. So I want to tell you something. You can't always operate in fourth or fifth gear. And the reality is you need to start your day in what gear? First gear, right? Okay. So jumping from first to fifth, it's possible, okay? But not without consequences, all right? So you have to pay attention to what gear you're in and when it's time to shift up or shift down. And so I wanna explain the gears. We have an image here up on the screen that hopefully you can read a little bit, but it's just a gear shift and I wanna kinda of just walk through these gears for you, okay? So first gear represents being fully recharged, Okay, it's when you can unplug and get re-energized for life. Second gear represents connecting. It's that connecting gear where you're connecting with family or friends or your colleagues. Okay, third gear is the social gear. Okay, that's like when you're hanging out with people, you know, after church or before church service and relating and, and, and connecting with people at that level. Fourth gear is really task mode, 
okay? So this is where we're multitasking and we're accomplishing a lot of things at the same time, moving from this to this to this. I spend a lot of my day in fourth gear, okay, multitasking. Fifth gear is really the focus gear, where you really get in the zone and no interruptions, just focusing on one main thing, okay? So if you think about these gears, there's recharge, connect, social, task, and focus, okay? And then there's reverse. Reverse is that responsive gear, and it's used when we need to kind of back up and either start over or apologize, okay? So you can... um, If you're familiar with shifting gears in a car, you can use this metaphor to think about what gear you're in and what purpose and place you need to to have at that time. And self-leadership is so important. So you have to know yourself to lead yourself. Knowing what gear you're in, what gear is appropriate for each moment will help you relate and connect to others and be fully present, okay? Right now, some of you might be tempted to be in fourth gear, multitasking. You got your phone out, you got your list of things to do after church, and you're listening to Dave at the same time, okay? Others of you are in focus gear, and you're listening to every word that comes out of my mouth, right? Some of you are wanting to be in social gear, and you're sitting here texting your friends, and oh, that was really cool. No, I hope I don't see anybody texting, so that's good. But you, you understand, in different situations, we can, we can be in different gears. Some gears are more appropriate than others. But each of us has this gearbox, and if you understand what gear is appropriate in the moment, it will allow you to be fully present. And then you can you know, shift up or down, and hopefully this will become something you do uh, intuitively. For some of you, you already do that. For others of you, you might say, man, I just, I don't have this competency yet. Maybe you get stuck in fourth gear. This happens to me. I'm in fourth gear, I'm multitasking, I'm doing work, and then I I get home and it's time to connect with the family, and I should be downshifting into third gear or second gear, and where am I? I'm still in fourth gear, and my mind is racing, and I'm trying to get another phone call in or follow up on another thing, and, and my family needs me to be in second gear but I'm focused on fourth gear. And so I have to learn to downshift when I get home to be able to be fully present. I wanna just share some insights that this metaphor has provided to me, okay? And uh, if you you wanna explore uh, more, a lot of what I'm sharing with you comes out of a great book. Ironically, it's called Five Gears. Um, and uh, it's been really helpful to me as my friend Tom has shared this with me, and, and I really just want to share some things with you that I think might help you to really be present with people. So the first thing I want to just talk about is that as you look at these gears, and I, I kind of mentioned this before, but I need to start my day in first gear. First gear is recharge, and if I wake up and I jump out of bed and I go right into fourth gear, I know that I am not going to be at my best that day. I I need time alone with God to start my day. And you talked about this a few weeks ago. I know, Stacey, you talked about the importance of of spending that time with God, of slowing down, right? Of, Of ceasing that striving 
and, and to really know God. And, and I wanna challenge you that there is an important value of slowing down at the beginning of your day to pray and to read the scriptures. And for me, that charges me up to be able to face whatever is ahead in my day. It's, it's crucial for me to get that first gear time each morning before I race into the day and out the door. And even this morning, I, I'm so grateful I got some time to just go sit over at the hub and open my Bible and spend some time with Jesus. And, and I need that every morning. And, and I wanna suggest to you that you need that every morning. And that's gonna have an incredible impact on the way you connect with others. The second thing is, and, and again, I'm kind of alluded to this, so I wanna explain a little more. I need to value second gear time with my family. I need to value that. And for me, it means I need to unplug from that fourth gear multitasking mode to shift down to third gear to relate socially when I get home. And then second gear to be able to sit and listen and connect relationally with my wife. Now, right now, my wife and I are empty nesters. So you think that would make it easier to connect. But you know what? There are some times when it's just really hard. And conflict often happens when my wife is in second gear and I'm in fourth gear. Does, does that make sense? It, it just, it, we're, we're going at different paces. And if I'm racing in fourth or fifth gear and I don't stop to connect with her, that causes conflict. And I want to just keep going and she's smart enough to know that we need to slow down. And we need that time of connection. And so this metaphor of these five gears has helped me to understand this about myself, that I'm, I'm learning that I need to prepare myself intentionally to engage in second gear. And sometimes this actually requires me to take my cell phone and either turn it off or put it in the other room so that I could be fully present. Third thing is that I've learned I can communicate with others using this metaphor. So knowing what gear I am in has been helpful for me to lead myself, but understanding what gear my wife is in has also been valuable. So one of the things we do uh, each day is we, during the week, we try to go to the gym every day after work, okay? So we go to the gym and we work out. And what I've discovered is that the gym time for my wife is first gear. She's recharging, okay? And that does that a little bit for me, but the gym is also third gear for me. I'm, I'm a little more extroverted, and so I like to socially relate, you know, with the guys that are work, I'm working out with. My wife doesn't do that. So guess what? We don't work out together. We just learned that. She pops her headphones in, and she goes and she lifts, or she does cardio, and, and I go do my thing, and we separate, okay? And then when we leave the gym, okay, we hop in the car. Guess what gear I'm in at that point? Anyone? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in first, and I'm moving into second now. I want to connect with my wife. I want to know, how was your workout? What'd you do? How do you feel? What's sore? You know, what are we going to have for dinner? What's next? That's not the gear my wife is in. You know, you're going to laugh at this, but my wife, as soon as we get in the car, she goes to fifth gear. 
okay? My wife is a realtor, and she has now been disconnected with clients and people who might need her. So she's immediately going into checking her phone, texting, and checking email, okay? Now, this used to frustrate me to no end because here I am trying to connect, and I'll say something or I'll ask a question, and guess what? She doesn't even hear me. She is so focused in fifth gear. And so, guess what? We had a conversation about gears. And I learned to realize that if I just give her a little bit of space and let her do her fifth gear thing as soon as she gets in the car, she'll then shift down into second gear and we can connect. And I don't have to demand that she give me her attention or demand that she connect with me right away. And it's been amazingly um, freeing for us in our relationship as we begin to understand what gear we need to be in at what time. Does this make sense to you? If we're at different places, we gotta be able to talk about it so that we can give people space. And when she finishes up her work, then we get to connect. And I think 1 Corinthians 13 is a great passage, and we throw this up there, that allows me to really um, live out what it means to, to love my wife, okay? So when it pops up there, I'll read it, or I'll go get my phone. Oh, there it is. Okay, so love is patient, Oh, man, I don't want to be patient sometimes. I don't want to wait, right? I want, oh, but love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud, right? Now, here's here's the reality. Uh, It does not dishonor others. When I demand, right, that my wife give me attention on my terms, that's not honoring my wife, Right? When I demand that a coworker be, you know, you need to be fully present with me right now, okay? That's not honoring to them. So understanding the need and helping to communicate this gear thing and the need to shift down or shift up has been so helpful so that um, I, I'm not self-seeking. I'm not as easily angered. I'm not keeping a record of wrongs. Does that make sense? And then it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, right? So I I experienced so much more peace in my life as a result of that. And then it says, finally, that love, I think it says, believes all things. Oh, it always protects. There we go. Always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Right? By understanding these gears, I stop being rude with other people or demanding my way, and I'm able to always trust and hope and persevere and endure, and my relationships become healthier. Now, sometimes I'm the one that's feeling the pressure, right? And I have a deadline that I need to meet, and so I need to shift into fifth gear when I'm at home. And so using this metaphor, I can tell Deanna and say, hey, I need to shift into fifth gear to get this thing done. 
But in an hour, I'll be done and I'll shift back into second gear and we can connect. And again, this metaphor helps us to be able to communicate in healthy ways. The last thing I just want to talk about is sometimes, if we go back to this image here, sometimes I need to back up before moving forward. Can you imagine if you had a car that didn't go in reverse? Could you imagine? where? I mean, parking would become very difficult. It'd be, it'd be totally challenging for you and everyone around you as you drive if your car didn't have a reverse gear. And you know what? Some people live like that. They live as if their car doesn't have reverse. They live as if success in life is never having to say, I'm wrong or I'm sorry. And you know what? That damages relationship. Do you know how to apologize? I know that sound like, might sound like a, a funny question. But what I really mean is, have you learned the value of apologizing when you make a mistake or when you're wrong? An apology has three parts. And we taught this to our kids. We told them, you can't just say, I'm sorry, and move on. That that doesn't work. Okay? An apology includes saying, I'm sorry, but it also needs to include an acknowledgement that I did something wrong. And it includes asking for forgiveness. This is where I get so frustrated when politicians and other people apologize for things on, on, uh, on the news, right? And it's, oh, I'm sorry that you felt that way about what I said. Is that an apology? Not at all. See, it's, I'm sorry I hurt you when I said that. I'm sorry that I neglected you. I'm sorry that I lied to you. I'm sorry that I covered up what I was really doing there. Will you forgive me? Man, that is a powerful communication tool that allows us to back up and restart together on the same page. Everybody makes mistakes, right? I learned a long time ago, it's not about what you do, but what you do about what you do that makes a difference. Apologizing is critical. It's a, it's a, a necessary tool that we need, and we can't just run in fourth and fifth gear all the time. We've got to learn to understand these gears and how to be fully present with people. And we're, when we're in the wrong gear at the wrong time, we create disconnection with all those around us. But the secret to being fully present is to learn how to shift gears appropriately in time and in place so that you can connect with others well. I want you just to close your eyes with me for a minute. I want you to imagine something, okay? With your eyes closed, I want you to imagine what it would be like to have the best season possible 
with your spouse or someone that you care about deeply. Where the two of you are constantly on the same page, you're being appreciated and being present with that person. You really value what they're excited about. And then if, if you have kids, I want you to picture the kids and imagine and visualize them respecting you and being able to, to speak to them with love and appreciation. And lastly, I, I want you to imagine you're at work and those on your team or organization value you at the highest level they can. Your influence has grown dramatically because you've learned to be present at the right time and in the right way. See, I think you can experience this as you begin to recognize what gear you need to be in throughout your day. And as you commit yourself to intentionally shift gears and be present with those around you. Lord, this is my prayer as we close our time this morning, Lord, that we would see the value of being present with people in our lives. Lord, that we would really learn how to shift gears appropriately. That we know when we need to be multitasking and when we need to be focusing and yet we'd understand that to really connect with people, we can't stay in a multitasking mode. That we really have to shift down. To really focus, to listen, and to connect. And Lord, I, I would pray for each person here this morning, Lord, that you would help them, that you draw them into that first gear time of recharging with you. Lord, that you'd help them even tomorrow just to start their day with you. And then to be able to experience that the joy and the energy that comes from you as they relate to others in their day. Lord, we thank you for your presence in our lives. That you don't stay distant, but that you, rather than staying up in heaven, you became a man. And you reached out to us and became present in our world and in our lives so that we can know and experience that relationship with you. Help us to overflow in that relationship with others. We pray this in Christ's name.